It's so good to be here with you all this morning. I, on behalf of my family, I'd like to say that we are so happy to be able to be here with family, friends, those I haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, you may count it your constitutional right to gather here to worship, which it is in this country, but it's much more than that. It's much more than just a constitutional right. It is a privilege of ours to be able to be here, to be able to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship our Lord, worship our God. Our God truly has given us so many gifts, so many things to be thankful for in our lives every single day. But this morning I'd like to talk to you about one gift, one thing uh, uh, that we hear of, a word that we're familiar with. Uh, it's simple, but on the other hand, it can be very complicated and it can turn into a, a study that takes an entire lifetime. Uh, and, and really beyond that, something that we might never truly fully comprehend, and that is the topic of reconciliation. We know that reconciliation is good. We're happy when uh, uh, children are reconciled to their parents, when husbands are reconciled to their wives, when brothers and sisters come together and reconcile with each other for the first time in years, every time we hear something like that, that's great. We're very happy to hear that people uh, uh, reconcile with each other and how much better it is in reconciliation with God. That's a big word, it's six syllables, but as, we under, as I just said, it's, it's uh, uh, some kind of a simple idea. that relationship between man and God is even bigger than the word. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 18 and 19 tells us, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And we'll do our best this morning to try and explain this huge topic, this big thing in a tiny nutshell. We'll simplify it as best as we possibly can. And I hope that, Lord willing, you can take something away from this or be strengthened by it. Reconciliation means to restore harmony between two parties, or according to Webster's Dictionary, uh, the renewal of a friendship. So first of all, the word reconciliation itself, we learn that all men and women were at one time at peace with God. To be reconciled means that at one time there was a good relationship there, but that relationship at some point or another has fallen, uh, has fallen apart. Well, when was this? When were men and women at peace with God? When were we able to uh, 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 be in that relationship? Well, it has to be a time of innocence. There has to be a time of innocence in our lives. And that would be 
perhaps in our childhood. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 14 and 15 it says, But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Now there are many, in fact I believe the majority of those who consider themselves to be uh, uh, Protestant believers, they believe in something called total hereditary depravity. But we are not depraved as children. We were innocent according to the Lord Jesus. I know that sometimes my daughter can cause me some grief and some trouble, but I know that she's sweet and innocent. And she doesn't mean any ill will by anything that she does yet. <laughs> but at one time, that word reconciliation tells us that while we were innocent, it also tells us that there was a time when we decided to do wrong. While we were innocent at one time, we once also chose to do wrong. And our wrongdoing took away our innocence. It took away our good standing relationship with God the Father. We were no longer in harmony with Him. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2 says that iniquities or sins are sins separate us. Uh, they separate mankind from God. It was of our own choosing, that is to say. It was our own doing. It's our fault. It's not God's fault. It's on us. As a true, holy, and righteous being, God literally cannot have a relationship with sin or with one who does sin. But God wants that. He so eagerly, earnestly wants to have a relationship with all sinners, with us, with you, and with me. And because of that, we're so thankful that even though we disobeyed Him, even though we turned our back on Him and disobeyed His will, we are thankful that God took the necessary step to restore our relationship with Him to wash our sins away, making it possible to be reconciled to Him. And that's probably the most important thing that I want to point out this morning to you, is that this is God's gift. The reconciliation, we did nothing to deserve it. God didn't have to give it to us if He didn't want to. It is, a, it is completely a gift from God. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 through 23, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated, uh, uh, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard 
and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. Well, that is why we're here this morning. That's why we've gathered here. It is our blessed privilege. It is a gift to be able to stand together as the Lord's church, a reconciled body to God in peace and harmony with him, to worship and to praise the one who has made our salvation from sin possible. John chapter 3 and verse 16 is a well-known verse that we cling to and that we love because of the truth that is found therein. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It was Jesus. It was Jesus' shedding of blood. It was Jesus' brutal death on the cross that made reconciliation with God possible. We'll take our last reading this morning from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 16 through 22, where the apostle wrote, And that he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, or Gentiles, and to them that were nigh, or Jews. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. That one body that Paul wrote of is the church. The body is the church of Christ, which is united. It is united both Jew and Gentile to God as one people, as Christians. And all who came in that one body, the church, they all came in the same way. They were all reconciled to God by God's plan, by the gospel plan of salvation, the way taught in the Holy Word of God. But perhaps you are here and you are not a Christian. Perhaps you have not received that great gift of God. You have not been reconciled to Him. And if you have not, then you are living in sin. Why don't you choose to be reconciled to God then? You have heard the word as Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now you must believe as Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then you need to repent of your past sins. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 says, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Then we confess, then you confess and believe Jesus is the Son of God, just as the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8 and verse 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then according to the scripture, you must be immersed in water, baptized for the remission of your sins. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Or perhaps you are already a Christian. Perhaps you have been reconciled to God, but you have sinned in some way and you want to make that relationship right again. You want to be in peace and good standing with God. Well, the Bible says that it, uh, if you come forward, confess your sins, we will pray with you and for you and that God is just and willing to forgive. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m., and 5 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.